Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in, 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Oh, sports. Uh. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tal Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is a Monday, a great sports weekend, and it's championship night. Give us a call, 718-664-9098, like always, rayandtaytoday.com, rayandtaytoday at gmail.com. You want to email us your picks again. We're getting an interesting amount of emails, Ray. Seems like some Bama, some Clemson. I think a lot of people want Clemson, but more people think Bama's going to win. We'll get to the preview in a bit. Ray, let's start with a little bit of fun. We like to talk about everything on our show. We're a family show, talking sports with friends, but we love entertainment, and award season has begun. The Grammys will be coming up next for the music, but for television and film, we had the Golden Globes. Jimmy Fallon, the host, he started off with the prompter going down, then he had to do his thing. Interesting show. I want to hear your thoughts. For me, I I didn't know some of the shows. I know a lot of them. Um, I never saw Atlanta, and they won a lot. And I don't know if Donald Glover is is Danny Glover's son, but it seems like he must be so talented because he's, what, directing and acting on the show. Um, uh, you know, I saw Tracy Ellis Ross, La La Land, seven for seven, sets a Golden Globes record. So I just got that in the mail. I got to watch that. And uh, Moonlight, which I, I can't wait to see. I've heard great things about. Um, and Casey Affleck. So I, I thought it was a good night. And Meryl Streep, you know, she took a, a knock at football in it and MMA and Donald Trump. Oh, but besides that, the, I thought the sports knock though. Well, no, <laughs> you, I, I didn't mind a Trump, but you can't knock uh, uh, football. Come on! But uh, I thought it was great, and and I, you know, I had no issue with her saying what she said and all that. And but um, Ray, I, you know, I thought what Viola Davis said was great, just introducing her because. Uh, unlike what Trump said, she's not overrated. She's one of the best actresses ever. And I just, you know, she's the GOAT as women actresses, and I'm glad they honored her. And uh, I thought it was a pretty good night. I thought Fallon did a pretty good job and thought it was pretty entertaining. What what were your thoughts? I thought Fallon was just okay. I thought he didn't carry. He was funny in his own way, but he didn't, but he didn't elevate right. the show. And he, I felt like he didn't have the gravitas that some other – people have you know what i mean Ooh. he was kind yeah, of no, like you're right. You're right. a comedian he but he, yeah. he but he didn't really have that he didn't put the show on his shoulders but having said that the other thing is the show was a little more conservative than i thought you know typically the golden globes they're more out there and the tonys and the emmys are a little or maybe the Grammys and the Emmys are a little more buttoned down. So I thought that the Golden Globes would, would be a little bit more Well, because they're normally more drunk. They weren't as drunk. Because <laughs> they normally drink. Although sometimes I gotta tell you, Ray, and this is my pet peeve and then we'll get to the sports folks. I can't you know I can't take Cuba Gooding Junior and his his little non funny diatribe. 
Oh, and the people vs. OJ won a lot, and I was happy for that. Sarah um, Paulson, she's a great actress, but um, his little, oh, so I told you to sit down at the bar, or I don't, you know, I'm just like, you're not funny. Ugh, I can't. But that's just, that's my two cents. But but you're right. I, I, you know, I'd like to see hosted Will Farrell or Kevin Hart. Let them get a turn. That's what I want to see, because I think they would both kill it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think we've seen Farrell before, right? Hasn't he hosted something, or maybe not? Uh, no, it's been Ricky Gervais a lot, and, you know, Chris Rock had the Oscars. I want to see Kevin Hart or Will Farrell. I think, I think, they, I think they're ready. I think they, they would both – I think they both could kill it. So let's get to the wild card weekend, man. Um, look, you know, usually you get one of the underdogs winning, and instead we had wild card blowouts. Um, so it really was uh, fascinating. Uh, starting with the, let's start with the Saturday. I mean, not much to say. You know, you you I think went with the Texans. I took a chance on Car uh, Connor Cook and. I was way off and wrong, and I feel bad for the Raiders, but I guess when Carr went down, so did everything else. Um, And Clowney was what he was supposed to be, the number one pick, and amazing. Uh, How impressed were you with that? And and Lamar Miller seemed to wake up, and Brock was okay. What would you think? So you can get away with this performance wildcard weekend, but this is why two things you learn from this, and and you definitely learn it from the Oakland Raiders side, right? Houston is who they are. They're a nine and seven team, ten and six this year. They're basically a one and done team. They'll lose in the next round. It doesn't even matter who the opponent is. So you know that they are not talented enough and explosive enough on offense. The D won them the division. They're doing this without J.J. Watt, the two-time defensive player of the year. So that means they're defense. number one defense this year. Right. That's amazing. Without number one defense. For half, basically all the season, right? He came back to have we? Have, but let me ask you real quick. Have we underestimated Whitney Merciless? This guy's a beast. Not just no, Clowney, but Cushing and Merciless is no joke. Yeah, the, that linebacking crew, they're just – their front seven is tremendous, and now and now their corners are not a liability like they used to be. So, so they're for real. And if they ever get that quarterback situation down, because I think DeAndre Hopkins is a number one receiver, and and Fedorowicz and and Lamar Miller, and Fuller and Lamelo, you're right. And what Fuller, if you put yeah, Romo on that team tomorrow? That's a Super Bowl team with Romo, I believe. I, there are several Super Bowl teams with Romo. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Kansas City, Denver, and Houston. All AFC teams Cardinals, definitely Cardinals. be in the Super Bowl. Cardinals, Cardinals in the NFC. I don't know about the Vikings, but maybe the Vikings in the NFC. I, you know what? I, his his agent must just be licking his chops. But having said that, what you learn is that every game matters in the NFL. Because if the Raiders had won one more game, they would have been the number two seed. And they would have hosted rested, which would have given them another week, which would have given them a home game. And instead, they're the fifth seed and have to go on the road with a third-string quarterback. And so if you (sighs) ever think that in a 16-game schedule, every game doesn't matter. No, every game matters. Every single game matters because it's such a difference between going out like a I mean, I don't want to say that, but going out the way they did 
and oh, having they got blown a out. fighting chance next week. You know, uh, hosting yeah. hosting. And they can't playoff. beat the Patriots. It's a joke. It's a joke for the Texans. They can't. But let's let's keep it moving. Then twenty six twenty, a bigger blowout. I mean, you get. Look, the Lions, you felt like they were in it for like a quarter, maybe, you know, and then and, and maybe even up to the half. And then, you know, this this guy needs to get his spec, give him his respect. Doug Baldwin and Thomas Rawls, they just balled out. Russell Wilson is, look, the offensive line, they kind of woke up. And, you know, you run for, what, 161 yards for Thomas Rawls and, Dougie B, you know, he takes a touchdown from Curse. I know he felt bad about it, but 11 catches, Ray. Um, I think Seattle's on a roll, and I think Atlanta's got a lot. You know, look, all the home teams next week are are favored, and we'll talk about that on Friday. But, you know, with the lines just opening, they're all favored. But watch out because the Seahawks, they're ready, Ray. I, I was very impressed. And to only give up six points, I know Stafford's fingers jacked up and no theoretic, but. To only give up six points, I think, um, without Earl Thomas, that was a very needed performance and a very impressive performance, especially by the offensive line. Very impressed with Seattle. And this is the good Seattle, Jekyll and Hyde, right? When they're on, they can win the Super Bowl. And yet they've put up some duds, like the six-point tie against Arizona. You know, the, the they had two or three games where their just offense was anemic. So, if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, you're hoping that this is the team that you'll see for the next one, two, three games as long as they go in the playoffs. And if they do, this team can survive Earl Thomas going down. No, definitely, definitely. Now, go to my Steelers. You're watching on Sunday, you know, early, early game. You know, I feel bad for our, our buddy Hank because, you know, he, he, he couldn't even, you know, send me a text congratulating me or call the show and I don't know how upset he might be but what the Steelers did right off the bat those passes to Antonio from Ben it was it it just felt like such a kick in the chest they win 30 to 12 it should have you know been 30 to 6 if we're being honest or whatever you know Ben I don't blame the coach. I blame Ben because he should have just thrown the ball away. Don't even get the opportunity to let Wake hurt your ankle. He's in a boot. I don't think he's going to be tremendously hurt. He'll probably, you know, might have a sore ankle for a couple of days. I think he'll be okay. That's my hope. But, Ray, right now, Le'Veon Bell is so special. And it's not even that Antonio Brown isn't, but Bell I mean, he breaks Franco Harris's record, all-time Steeler, you know, playoff rushing record. Him and Brown, they both get two touchdowns apiece, 29 carries, 167 yards. I mean, you almost feel as if when they beat Kansas City before it was in Pittsburgh, but you almost feel as if they can just outscore Kansas City in Kansas City, even though the Kansas City defense is great. We know about Justin Houston coming back and Peters and Ali and this one and that one and Eric Berry, but I just think that – Le'Veon between screen passes and running the ball, I think he's going to be too much. But not to go forward, but I just thought it was an impressive win, and the Dolphins, you know, better luck next year. You you need your quarterback, and you need your, your health, and they didn't have it. Look, the Dolphins were lucky to be there, let's be honest. They were outclassed. They're not that good. And they ran into a team that's just on a collision course with the New England Patriots. So at the end of the day, it's almost like, basketball 
where the Cavs and the Warriors are in a collision course. So it just seems to be that the AFC was meant to be Pittsburgh at New England this year. Kansas City is good, but they're not dynamic enough. We'll talk about that in a bit. And then just Miami's just outclassed. And Pittsburgh is is really unstoppable. Uh, the only person out there maybe that can stop him is Bill Belichick. Give him and Matt Patricia. You give him, you know, a week yeah. or two. I'm sure they have him in the rearview mirror. So they're probably throwing in. Some I'm a little things. nervous about Kansas City. That crowd is really loud, Ray. Besides uh, Minnesota and nervous. Seattle, you don't think so? Okay. Yeah. I, I, listen, you know, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping you're 100 percent right. Well, let's talk about that bad man. I mean. You know, I thought this could go either way. I went with Eli, and I went with the Giants' defense, and I I got burnt. And you know, you went with your guys, and all four of our Super Bowl picks are still alive, by the way, and they all could meet in the AFC and NFC championship. So that's kind of interesting the way it could play out. It could play out that our Super Bowl picks are playing on Championship Sunday, so that would be fun. But thirty-eight, thirteen. I kind of don't care about the boat stuff. I don't think that was it. I think Odell drops three passes, maybe because he was trying too hard, but I think really it's just more about it's freaking cold in Green Bay, and sometimes it's hard to catch the ball. I well, think not it's only more that, about but that. Let, me, let me tell you something. This is where, and it sounds, it sounds a little awkward to say this, but this is where being a hands catcher hurts you because Odell Beckham has tremendous hands. And it could be that if you're a hands guy like Odell and it's so cold, maybe you need to start, you know, catching it more towards your body, pulling it in a little bit, not trying to be so, yeah. you know, beautiful and and fundamentally sound. It's cold. you got to compensate for that. And this <laughs> nonsense of running out there with your shirt off, <laughs> I don't oh, know what that's yeah. all about. But I, I, I agree. He makes it hard. He makes it hard to root for him because of the, you know, shenanigans, I guess. I know some people are so upset, and I'm sure the New York I papers I think it had nothing crazy. to do with nothing. The the yeah. the whole Miami thing had nothing to do with it. The only impact it had is maybe, like you said, he put a little too much pressure on himself. But it had no impact. It was a day off. He showed up. He was back in time. It's all perception. And people did this throughout time. It's just that now he posted a picture on Twitter, and that maybe was the stupidest but, part. But what out to was Miami. It right, right. But I mean, what was it though? Because honestly, I think for me, it was when DRC went out. Because honestly, Aaron Rodgers, you know, I mean, yes, they only put up 13 points, and let's be honest, Eli played good in the first half. I'm not so sure about the second half, but you know, and they dropped some balls. It wasn't so many balls that they dropped, but. I think what Cruz and Shepard might have had one apiece, and, and and Odell had three. I'm not too sure if they dropped five total, maybe. But um, but 38 to 13, it just seemed like now. Look, the going forward, Nelson and Montgomery both might be out. Nelson is the broken, uh, the fractured rib, so he's not playing, and I'm still waiting to hear about Montgomery. So. You know, it's not like they're going to Dallas like totally guns are blazing, but that was an impressive win. And I don't know what you say about the Giants because to me, even though they were the wild card and had a good season, they also struggled this season offensively. And I, Eric Flowers, Ray, I can't watch that guy play offensive line. It's like penalties and getting beat every single down. Like. Do you think they draft well, offensive line? Guy. Maybe... He's a young guy. I mean, you know, maybe he was a little too much pressure, too much too fast. But and because you're a first round pick, top ten, you know, a lot is heaped on you. And like we've seen, 
all these offensive line flameouts. It's almost like in basketball, these European cats. Remember? And think about all these guys have flamed out. Eric Fisher, Lane Johnson, Eric. I mean, some of them have been nice. Brandon Scherf is great in, in Washington. But these top five offensive linemen, it's almost like you wish them to be great players. And as we've seen, especially well, Tennessee got back, the good guys. Taylor Lewan and Conklin, they've been good. Cool. Tennessee's guys. Yeah, but not top five picks, though. I mean, these are all they're the first rounders. But I just think that offensive line is such a difficult position, especially to hit the ground running, especially given the lack of playing time that Coaching, you get with yeah. this new collective bargaining agreement. The defensive guys are more talented and more athletic than you to begin with. And now, if you don't get enough reps to, to, to schematically work on your blocking as a, as a five-man offensive line, it's so hard. It's just hard to be an offensive line in the NFL. So that's why you give the Raiders, the Cowboys, credit for building your Steelers, for building an offensive line, keeping them together, keeping them healthy if you can, because it's, it's not easy. It's definitely a, a hard task for a GM and coach. You're totally right. Before we move on, the Jaguars, they finally made a decision. Well, not finally, the first, but they bring back Coughlin as the VP of the operations, and then Doug Marone, who was there already in the building, an interim coach to be their head coach. Do you like it? For me, I think it's adequate. I don't love it, but it's it's solid. What do you think? I don't know who's out there that's better, right? Who's the Mike Tomlin of – 2017 i don't know so short of that uh i don't mind coughlin to give you a grown-up presence doug marone who coached up in buffalo has some experience they come from the same coaching tree so i'm okay with it uh like i said you gotta make your you gotta make your decision on blake bortles i've never been a blake bortles fan but you got you got those two running backs. You got those three receivers. You got to make some decisions and stabilize. I would say next you year, gotta stabilize get an and line. evaluate. <laughs> yeah, fair yeah. enough. Stabilize and evaluate, and I don't think that these are two bad guys to do that. No, that's fair. I think um, you know we'll see. I, maybe I was thinking more of a totally offensive-minded guy. I don't know if Marone is that per se. He's maybe in between. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan would take that job because the chances are him or Josh McDaniels are going, you know, more to San Diego and San Francisco or whatever. We'll see how it plays out. Or Denver, I'm sorry. Kyle, you know, is probably going to go to Denver to follow his dad's footsteps. So we'll see how that goes. Real quick, before we get to the preview, little college hoops, top 25, Baylor's number one, Ray. They slipped in, obviously, you know, ahead of Kansas. But, you know, Villanova. Program history. And think about this. Not only is it the first time in program history, but the women were ranked number one for several weeks. A couple of years. Remember Brittany Griner and the crew? So this is a program. I don't know how many programs out there, A, have never been ranked number one. And B, mm-hmm. the girls' program was ranked number one. So good for Baylor athletics. And you know what? They needed a break with the Art Browse yes. thing and the whole football, the whole football and, mess. and that yeah. whole you know it's a good look. student athlete situation. So good for them. And they got 55. I mean, Kansas had eight first place votes. You know, they had 55, and then Villanova dropped to three. Kansas was two, and they had one first place vote. UCLA 
another, you know, they had a vote. They're number four. Number five, Gonzaga moving on up. The Zigzags. Six, six Kentucky, seven Duke, eight Creighton, number nine Florida State, and number 10 West Virginia. Now, our Tar Heels have moved up a little bit. They're 11. Um, and Butler, you know, moves up to 12. Give me your thoughts, um, you know, that Purdue-Wisconsin game, um, what you thought about that, and, you know, they moved up to 17 Purdue. I don't know where Wisconsin – oh, they just dropped down to 18, so there you go. But um, some good games over the weekend, and obviously college basketball is heating up. Any thoughts on the Purdue win or, you know, North Carolina's blowout of NC State, which was a little surprising? Yeah, a little like surprising, especially because Tobacco Road games tend to be closer than that, even if the talent disparity is big. Um, look, there's some good games this weekend. Baylor-West Virginia, right? That's going to be a, a battle. Oh, Baylor could be, be number week. one for a week yeah. and then lose it. Yeah. Xavier Nova coming up, Duke-Florida State. So we've got some, I mean, uh yeah, Xavier Nova is going to be a classic this week. Yeah, Conference play has begun, and it looks like it's going to be real uh, interesting. The thing to look at for me, a couple of things here. So Duke, right, how is Jeff Capel going to do? Is this an audition for another role, or is he auditioning to be the heir apparent when Mike Krzyzewski step down, steps down? Don't you feel you like this is – we're getting very near the end of Mike since he left the, you know, the Olympics – I feel like it's just another year or two before he steps do. down, don't you? Yeah. 100%. So, so then Jeff Capel, somebody might try and poke him away like Oklahoma did. If he's able to run the table or do well for Duke in the next couple of weeks uh, while Krzyzewski's out with, they say, four weeks, but you never know, he might take a little bit longer. So that will be interesting yeah. to me. Uh, how does Baylor play as a number one versus number ten? Bobby Huggins, you know, Huggins. Well, their conference is so tough. Traps West Virginia, you. Kansas, Oklahoma, Oak State, yep. Kansas State. Quiet they got a tough in the Big conference. East. I can't even say that. I can't even say that. Oh, I the know. Crayon in the Big East. Right at fifteen <laughs> and one. I mean, they, they're quietly putting together a good team. Xavier. Now, you know what? We need to start giving Xavier credit for putting together a program. The last ten years, oh, yeah. they have been they're good solid. every year. They don't get Xavier yeah, and Butler. Year. They don't get enough love. I mean, Butler obviously with, with uh, Gordon Hayward went to back-to-back final games. But yeah, Stevens. Yeah, but they've been good even after there. Stevens left. They've been yeah, good. there's some good ball out there even outside of your you know Carolina Duke, Kentucky. No, Big East is tough this year. Big Twelve is tough this year. Um, my, my, my Terps, Maryland beat Michigan 77-70, had a good game. So it's going to be fun. But let, let's, let's stick with college, but let's get to what it's all about. Ray, we thought we would probably get this. I think both of us predicted in the preseason preview for Clemson to win. I think you had this game. I had Clemson over Oklahoma. Did you have Clemson over Bama? No, I, I had Bama over Clemson. Oh, you had Bama over Clemson. Okay. Roll I had Clemson. Well, listen, I that's the thing. You know, they're both here. It's sort of like the Cavs and the Warriors. And I'm going to take a crack at this one first. Yeah. I am amazed, you know, with St. Nick because five championships, going for his sixth. This could be his second back-to-back. 
You know, he won one of them at LSU. I think if he wins this, he already is, but I think if he wins this, it's not even near a question that he's the greatest coach in college football history. In this era, and, too. Oh, and this era is so much more difficult Hard because the athletes go everywhere. But I think to do it with a freshman quarterback and Jalen Hurts is even more impressive. His defense could be the best ever. It doesn't have the best ever depth like they did last year and in other years where they could just roll in defensive linemen. But I think overall the defense is crazy talented. He's got five All-Americans on defense. He's got about three or four first-round picks. And I think if Hurts can run it and can get it, Quick passes out, right? He's coming off a bad game against Washington. I think uh, Steve Sarkeesian comes in, and, and, and I think they'll give him some, you know, quick, easy plays to get it to the guys that need to have it. You know, um, Darian Stewart to get it to Kemp, to get it to Ridley, to get it to Howard, and put it in their hands because those guys are all guys that play on Sunday, Ray, and they're so talented. Now, people would say, look, Williams and Kane didn't play last year, so now Watson's got more weapons. He does, but I think this defensive line is geared to play against Watson. It's more athletic than last year's, and I think Allen and I think the other rushers, I think they can get to Watson. I think we're geared up for another classic, I'm just not sure if you can just say, okay, you add Mike Williams and, and Deion Cain, and then, okay, Clemson lost by five. This year they can win by three. I don't think it works that way. The spread is seven. I don't know if Goldman is going to be able to run on Alabama to get to the outside. I think Deshaun Watson's going to get about 50, 60 yards rushing. But I also think, Ray, he will have two interceptions. Hurts will only have one. And I think Bama, they can score or almost score on their turnovers because we know they've had 11 touchdowns That's this scary. year from defense and special teams. This defense is second in the nation. Clemson's is 15, so it might not be as high scoring as last year. I don't think it will. At the end of the day, I say roll, tide, roll. Nick gets a sixth. They get back-to-back, and Alabama wins the championship. 34-28 in another very entertaining game. And Deshaun shows himself to be probably a first-round pick because he's playing against an NFL defense, and he's the next stage and age of these young quarterbacks who can run and pass like Russell Wilson. And this guy's definitely a passer. He's not just a runner. So it should be fun, but gear up because Alabama's taking it home, right? Well, you know me. Roll tide. Just keep it <laughs> This game, Clemson has all the incentive in the world to win because they're the team that came, well, 45-40. They, they, they had the best player on the field that day, no doubt about it, Deshaun Watson. Now, something oh, yeah. about him doesn't project well to the NFL. I mean, they're saying he's like a third, fourth-round pick, despite what he's done in college. So we'll, we'll get into some that in, some, in later shows. But – they have all the incentive in the world. And, in fact, losing that one game is also humbling and good for them in the sense that they know they're beatable, right? So Bullware leading the defense, Deshaun Watson and Gallman, you know, leading the offense. But you know what? This Alabama team is epic. The defense is epic. They're 
balance. You're right. They don't have the depth, but the balance. The Allen and the boys up front. And then you got those linebackers. And then you got those corners. Already <laughs> there. But but here's here's the part that is the tiebreaker for me is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is not as good as Deshaun Watson, but he's just no. as dynamic and just as athletic. So if they were able to, Alabama, win this game last year with essentially a throwaway quarterback, right, a fourth-year guy that just barely got some time as a senior, and you give a freshman playing in his 14th game, he's not a freshman anymore, like they say in college basketball when the tournament comes, I just think that Hurts is going to make those plays. You ever see those Alabama games? It's third and seven, third and eight, third and eight. so he's running. He's got some. He's got some, you know, chaos in front of him, and somehow he gets nine yards when it's third and eight. And I think yeah. that the Steve Sarkeesian transition will be fine. Lane Kiffin, I don't know what Lane was doing, but but Nick had enough of it. Uh, I think they had a week to prepare. I think that's totally fine. Sarkeesian himself was a was a head coach and an OC. He's played all these roles before. So I think Alabama will be fine. I think they're the more talented team. I think their defense doesn't shut Deshaun down, but they slow him down. And I think they do enough so that Jalen Hurts shows why he is a freshman starting quarterback on a national championship team. Almost unheard of in the modern Nick Saban era. But I think you're right. Alabama wins their 16th. Saban wins his 6th. Uh, or I guess, with Alabama, it's hard to count because some of them, where they didn't finish number one, they count as national championships. But anyway, bottom line is Alabama wins. Fairly close game. I don't think it's a 45-40 game like last year. I think they'll win 27-23. Roll. 27-23. Wow, low scoring. We both basically have Clemson with a spread. I have a six-point difference. You have, uh, what did you say, 27-23, four-point difference. Yeah, so we're both close. And um, even my son, William, picked a five-point difference. He said uh, 34-29. So there you go. Listen, it's time. Kickoff is coming. Enjoy. We will talk to you Friday with football, probably some more coaching hirings, college basketball, but it will be NFL Divisional Weekend, and it's one of our favorite weekends in sports. It will be a lot of fun. So enjoy it. Have a great sports week. Stay warm out there. Be safe and uh, enjoy college college football <laughs> national championship. <laughs> Roll Tide. Go Bama.